three, three, two, two, one. one. It's time for the show. Action. You're listening to the It's My Time podcast, a recording of the experiences, past and present, of everyday people. And now, here's your host, the one and only. Asher Chua. How you been? Pretty good. How about you? I've been great. How, what are you doing now? I mean, other than podcasting and what's what's going on with you? Uh, well, I just started started back podcasting this year. I took a bit of a break last year um, with things kind of getting crazy. Uh, I, fi- <laughs> I figured I just kind of lay back and uh, let things play out, but I'm back back at it um trying to do this this much better because i know last time we recorded it was i listened back to it and the the audio was kind of all mangled right. and just getting back in into the progress of podcasting i i looked at some of the tips where i first started and one of the main things they said is that um make sure you're not distracted and as <laughs> as i'm sitting there trying to drive at the same time while having a call on zoom and just everything i was like yeah it's trying to do one too many things at a time so right. that, that's gonna throw things off but i'm glad we were able to reschedule and yeah. um just see where we're at now see how things are going with you are you doing engineering stuff right now as well um, no, I haven't done any engineering within the last year. Um, the last thing I did, um, what I did last year from January till about May, I worked with FEMA. Mm-hmm. And I guess in a way that's kind of engineering. I, I was supposed to be working as a site inspector out in, in um, Puerto Rico. So we got there late January and kind of got assigned to different parts of the island, figuring out what teams we'd be working with. And then our teams got split up with more in the work that came in. I think before I got there, they had a couple of earthquakes and then while i was there they had some more earthquakes so um they had to separate and divvy out manpower and before we knew it uh the whole virus and things was spreading out worldwide so by second week of march everything was shutting down so everybody got sent home work remotely or as long as we could doing catch-up work and administrative work different things like that and then um they had to shut it down i think all together until we figured out what was going on and i i opted not to go back a couple of the people that that did i think i caught up with them recently and they said um some things worked for a little bit but then they they had other other issues they needed to deal with It's, it's definitely been a crazy year, man. I mean, you, you couldn't have wrote a science fiction book <laughs> to be any crazier than what it's been the last, you know, right. last year. I mean, how, how are things for you? I know last time we spoke, um, you just introduced me to the the company that you started and what you guys created. Do you mind kind of going back in, into that and um, just yeah. elaborate so, on what's happened since then? So, you know, we... The company started in in 2018, like you know, July. That's when I was, I was still working for CBI. You know, started uh, you know kicking ideas around about what I wanted to do, and, and uh, you know, it's just such a long process for the patents, for research and development. You know, creating uh, the first prototypes and and continuing to work that out, and so. Um, you know, we, we went into 2019 and, and uh, I you know, went on full time with the with the company, I think, like around April of 2019. And at that point, you know, we're still working on patents. We're still doing a lot of, of uh, research and development, doing a lot of 
uh, you know, market search, how many you know products we can sell, you know, where's the markets at, what jobs are booming, you know, all these things that go into uh, trying to get your company ready to, you know, to basically launch products and, and have a forecast. So in November of 2019, uh, November, December, we received our first shipment of lead locks in and, uh, you know, unloaded them, got them ready. At that time, we went into kind of the holiday season, um, come out of, of 2019 into 2020, had some really good hits uh, for the products, um, some some very large sales uh, that we were getting ready to make. Uh, one was actually at Vogel at three and four. They were looking at at basically putting our products across the site wide. Right. Uh, by the time everything kind of got you know filled in and and all the the stuff was ready, they were ready to you know issue PO and COVID hits <laughs> mm. along with some other stuff. So you know. We could not have timed a launch of products and a launch of a startup company any worse in the last, you know, 25 to 30 years of the country's history. And so it's been really um, challenging to obviously move product in a time when this virus has got, you know, work down, people's not working. Uh, a lot of jobs in the construction industry have been pushed back. Hoping that the vaccines would, you know, would be, you know, be the answer. Um, a lot of a lot of work across the United States, or really North America, they pushed back from the spring to the fall, and now the fall to the spring, and it's just it's just stacking up. So, you know, when the workload breaks loose, it's going to be epic. I mean, it's going to be, you know, anybody that wants a job uh, in the construction industry, I think is is going to be able to have have that job. They're going to be so short staffed; it's not even going to be funny with all the work that's that's going to cut loose. But the one thing that I the one thing that I will tell you though, Asher, is that you know through the clouds, there's kind of a you know a shining point. I believe that if COVID for us as a little you know a little company, nobody knows us. We you know dealing safety devices, construction, you know all kinds of huge companies that that are in the billion dollar range. The one thing that COVID did for us was that it put a lot of these CEOs, vice presidents, and decision makers at home in front of their computers, whereas they would have been out on the job site in board meetings, you know, obviously not having time for people of our caliber, you know, my caliber of a company. Mm -hmm. And so since that they were at home, they were not in these meetings, they were not on the job sites, they were not doing what they normally do, it gave me an avenue to contact them or contact people in their network that sent them my way. And so basically, you know, I would have never been able to get in touch with the CEO or the vice president of this $30 billion company. But due to him being working remotely from home and having the opportunities to look at new products, new pitches that would help their company, it really helped us as a company in 2020 be able to get the connections that we needed to make this a North American wide product and then also go globally with these products. So, you know, always prayers answered and and you got to look for the good things, you know, whenever, whenever, you know, you're kind of looking at all the bad stuff, looking at that 2020 really helped us get to the people that we needed to be to, uh, you know, that we needed to be in touch with. We would have never, never been in those people's wheelhouse without them being at home and being kind of, uh, you know, more in front of their computer screen. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I, I mean, that's, um, it's good to be able to, to uh, have pulled something from 2020, because I, I know a lot of people just kind of looked at it as, as, 
as a wash. And I know I looked at a good part of it for myself as a wash, but um, just just thinking back and I, I see you've got the, the lead lock there on your wall that looks really nice. Uh, can you, I guess, talk me again through how, like, how did you come up with the idea or what, what drove you to, uh, to make the lead lock? So <clears throat> all of our products, starting with lead lock and machine lock, they all have to do with industrial safety. And you know as well as anybody, you know, in, in this country that safety obviously is number one, then quality, then production. So, you know, taking those three things into consideration, you know, when we were in the field together or when, you know, when we were welding, um, the biggest thing that we, we come into every day, it seemed like when you had a night shift and a day shift or you had other crafts working with you or you had um, you know different companies working side by side we would set our stuff up in the afternoons or in the mornings you'd go to lunch yeah. you would you know come back you know the next morning and your stuff was gone it was unplugged from the machine it was strung you know somewhere else and we were spending you know one two hours a day rerouting welding leads every day and so looking from a safety standpoint instead of us going straight to work you know turning and burning rod making production you know getting the job done these guys were all over the place in scaffold areas you know crawling through holes trying to rerun welding leads and it was actually putting them in harm's way because instead of being in their work area where they they assess the hazards they're over you know, in this other part of the job site that they could get injured, trip, slips, trips, and falls. They didn't know what was around them. Um, you were putting them in harm's way an hour to two hours a day that they didn't need to be in. And so we invented Lee Lock and Machine Lock for these guys to be able to lock their welding leads to the machines all the way down the line into the stinger so that that specific welder has his lead, his machine, and without having his combination, you can't really use his welding lead and therefore reduces the safety risk of these guys you know, not tying off uh, while they're going down a ladder to restring their weld machine, uh, arcing out on material or scaffolds, you know, uh, tripping over stuff, cutting herself. It all went back to if you can send those guys straight to work and they're not crawling all over the job site doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing, that, you know, that this stuff should be in their, you know, in its place every day. Mm-hmm. And we reduced the the injury rate on the work side. And that's what really drove the invention of the product, along with these companies were losing large amounts of money when the welders aren't welding, they're not making money. So, you know, that was the second thing to back it up that brought this on and, and why we invented these products. And I, I, if I remember right, you said they're losing in the millions just for having guys like say you have a crew of four or five welders running around for two to three hours a day, if not more, just to chase down welding leads and air hoses and other things like that. Well, I'll, I'll give you this. And this is something that <clears throat> that any company could, could take and use this. You can take 10 welders, 50, 100, doesn't matter what it is. These guys, you you take your hour a day that they're working. Mm-hmm. So say that, you know, that they're working, um, you know, six tens, whatever it may be. Yeah. They're losing an hour. The, the statistics is actually 1.6 hours a day. Mm-hmm. So you take your welders, the 1.6 hours a day, the rate in which you're paying those welders, <clears throat> and you can come up with a really close number of what you're losing per day for these guys walking around trying to, you know, redo their welding leads. Mm-hmm. And that's only in time lost, Asher. If you go to 
you know, how many times do they arc out on scaffolding or, right. you know, tank bottoms or, or something that you have to go back and do rework, NDE work, um, you know, all that keeps piling up money that with these products that we invented, if, if the, you incorporate them and treat them as a safety device, just like a pair of safety glasses or a guard on a, on a grinder, they're kept in place, uh, you, they're not removed, then that number drops you know, tremendously on how much time these guys are, are wasting not welding and also rework. That's a good point. The uh, Especially with a, a site like um, Plant Vogel being a, a nuclear construction site, you're talking about having so many procedures and so many more people being involved in repair processes, like something that might take um, 10 minutes or less than an hour may take a day to three days, depending on who's available, how bad the damage is, what material it's on, all that that type of thing. Um, Absolutely, and and play into your to your question there, or, or actually to your statement. When you think about the welders being in danger, okay, we say we arc out on something, mm-hmm. then you pull in the foreman that has to come look at it. You pull in the NDE guys that have to come do the NDE work. You pull in, uh, you know, any of your QCs or or whatever that has to come document that work. So not only did we just put our welder in, you know, in harm's way, uh, you know, from arc outs if they get burnt or or whatever. If you have a failure of some type of structure, but you're also bringing in a foreman, the NDE guy, a QC guy, you're introducing them in the work area because they have to review something that was messed up. And if you if you use these products and eliminate that hazard, then you've just kept four people out of you know potentially you know new hazards that they shouldn't have to they shouldn't have to be there, shouldn't have to deal with. Right, right. That's that's been the key ingredient in all of our products that we we've come out with is that the industry had basically been stagnant on on that uh, part of inventing. Uh, you know, welding lead connections have not changed really very much, maybe other than visually, uh, you know, in 30, 40, 50 years. Uh, you plug them together, twist it, and that's it. They can come right. apart. There's nothing to keep them from doing that. And so that's what Lead Lock does. We have a new product that's coming out called the AO Connector. And uh, it is actually a complete redesign of welding connectors. Okay. Sales and without being able to pull a switch back with your thumb, they will not come unlocked. So if you're going vertical, if you're dragging them, no more coming untwisted, falling, arcing out. We've really got the new age connectors um, to the industry, and, and those will be coming out probably second or third quarter of 2021. Man, that's great to hear. It, uh, to your point about technology not in, in um, evolving as much in the construction industry, I remember uh, a corporate executive came to talk to us, uh, the field engineers on the job a while back. And one of the things he mentioned was just that where you see technology improving drastically when it comes to cell phones, it comes to um, cars, different things like that. You have cars that are partially self-driving, you have electric cars, you have different uh, bells and whistles, but also just like the performance of the equipment that people interact with every day is improving. So to see you and your team come up with new tools that can improve the construction industry from where it's at and just take it, who knows how far more into the future by saving time, saving lives, um, just keeping people out of harm's way is something 
So just great to be able to look back and just think, hey, three years ago or just a year ago, we didn't have this. And man, what a difference it would have made. Uh, I'd like to know, or if you would share um, share with us, how is it that you got into the construction industry? So um, to give you a little rundown on me, I've I've got a pretty, you know, bounce off the wall type deal. I went to to Middle Tennessee State University in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and I have a bachelor's degree in animal science um, and a secondary or a a minor in secondary education. So um, I actually taught high school agriculture for about five years and uh, got out of it and decided that I wanted to go back to school and went back to the University of Tennessee for, for a little while and then got out, uh, went out to Billings, Montana into the feedlots because I have a, a uh, background in beef cattle nutrition and reproduction. And I think it was negative 40, 45 <laughs> in Billings. Uh, yeah. And I come back to Tennessee and at that point, I was like, don't know what I want to do. You know, I, I just, I knew that I wanted to to work with my hands. I wanted to you know, be able to be outside. And my brother-in-law actually said, hey, uh, you know, the Boilermakers are, are, are hiring CBI services. They're building a nuclear plant in Augusta, Georgia. Would you be interested? And I was like, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I really want to travel. He said, well, you probably make $80,000 this year. I said, well, okay, when do I start? <laughs> and so, you know, I, I got on CBI services, you know, come down to Georgia, got the, you know, got training, uh, which I had, you know, I had a, a lot of farm background, stuff like that. So a lot of, you know, a lot of that fits and the work ethic fits. And so got into construction, the Boilermakers, you know, worked, uh, worked at Vogel for four or five years. Um, and from the time that I come into to the trades, it wasn't like that I had, you know, come through and had been in, you know, been in it 10, 15, 20 years where, I, you know, it was just what you did. So when I come in looking from the outside in, I was like, man, there's so many things that, that we could improve on. You know, this connection has not been improved in, in, in years. Here's these 480 connections that run three phase electric electricity that anybody can come up and unscrew and potentially be electrocuted. You know, there's, there was no way to keep people out of this. Nothing that I've seen in the industry locked the stuff that we were using, not only from a production standpoint, but from a safety standpoint. Right. Anybody right. could walk up, and, and you know this as well as I do, you could walk up to anything and undo it. Right, right. The only thing keeping you from doing that is, well, common sense. <laughs> I hate to tell everybody, but... But we're we're kind of missing a lot of that uh, in today's age. So you know our products uh, attack you know attack that as much as anything is that you're not just leaning on somebody not to know better. You're actually putting a physical part <clears throat> in between them and the hazard. So instead of instead of training and possibly gloves PPE, which is down obviously at the bottom of the pyramid, mm-hmm. we took a quantum leap up to eliminating the hazard. Right. It's not there anymore. Right. So you're, you know, as, you're far as, as far as your, your hazard chart, 
you went from the bottom of the totem pole on the least effective to the top where these guys, they're not having to deal with it. It's not there. Anymore. And that's what has been a success for us. And, and continuing to invent new products with that mindset has been, has just been a major part of, of our company. That's awesome. I guess with, with, uh, with things getting ready to pick, pick back up with hopefully new jobs being, um, being signed contracts and things like that, people getting back to work, your growth is probably just going to balloon. I'm guessing you probably, would you see yourself going back to construction? Um, talking about me personally? Yes. As far as, I mean, as long as our company continues to grow, mm-hmm. um, you know, I will continue to to run the company. I mean, right now, uh, the way that we're set up, you know, I'm doing sales calls, uh, you know, meetings with distributors. We're doing planning with our manufacturers, uh, you know, trying to do projections, numbers, you know, constantly uh, dealing with shipping, you know, shipping price changes, you know, what's going on in this economy. And we're also looking at taking these products globally. So as far as me actually going back into construction, the field, you know, unless something happens to the company, I, I don't foresee that it will continue just to, to stair step and I'll be you know, right. in day to day. Not that I don't miss that. I mean, I, I a lot of times I miss, you know, going in and, and actually doing the things that we did in the construction industry and all the guys that we work with, I, you know, I still talk to, you know, on some on a weekly basis, some, you know, a couple of times a year, but there's still that, that type on. And I feel it, you know, too, in a company, and I feel that's why a lot of these other companies hadn't expanded on the product line. If you don't stay in touch with what you're doing, or, you know, we're in the construction industry, we're building products for the construction industry. If you don't keep a close tie to that, then then your company starts going downhill. You know, right. if you just say, okay, I'm going to let this this person do this on what they think, and they've never been in the industry, or they're not talking to the guys that are actually welding boots on the ground. Your your company is going, you know, going to fold up and and, and start, you know, going backwards. So just like anything else, it, it's super important for us to keep our ears open, listen to these guys, what they need, what they would like to see, you know, what's going on in their lives, what would make their lives easier, safer, more productive, and you know, that's that's kind of where we where we want to stay as a company. That's great. And I think you're you're actually more effective in that role to being able to not just help the guys that you've come to know in the construction business, but also the people that you may never meet and just being able to improve their lives and I guess help them finish jobs quicker, help them um, get back to their families. Because I know a lot of times when you're on the road doing these jobs, you spend so much time away from your families. And it's just one thing that always impressed me about you and a lot of the guys wasn't just the um, the time you put into what you were doing, but I guess the character in which you carried yourself, just what you're, the same thing you talked about from the um, farming, just the the attitude that you carried in doing your work where I think I remember you telling me about um, growing up and going out and farming with your dad and, and kind of asking it's like why why is it that you have to do that and I guess um, if I remember right his response was that well even during Christmas or during the holidays like the cows don't know it's Christmas and if we're not out here to take care of them they'll die so I, I think carrying that same approach and that same mentality into um, your work work through college, animal science degree, um, going and becoming a boilermaker and just taking that that perspective, like I need to do this in order to keep keep the wheels turning. And then now being able to see that you identified a problem and you work towards um, solving it. I think that that's a I've I've been very blessed to grow up the way that I did. I I grew up with two 
amazing parents. I grew up in a farm background. And I'll tell you what the farm background did for me, Asher. Typically, uh, especially farms that, that here in East Tennessee uh, and a lot of farms across the country, you don't have unlimited money. You, you don't have the ability to go out and buy new equipment you know, or buy this that you need. So a lot of times you have to be inventive as a farmer to figure out how you can use what you got to do what you need to do. And I feel like that a lot of my being able to look at things and, and being able to uh, you know, get an idea of what I can do to make it better come from that life. The second part that you hit on, you're right. It was Christmas. It was Christmas Eve. I was about seven, eight years old. We were feeding cows. It was starting to get late. You know, all I'm thinking about is Santa coming. Got to get home. And I asked dad, you know, why are we out here doing this? And and he told me basically the cows don't know it's Christmas. We don't feed them. Then they don't get fed. There it is. You know, it's your job as their caretaker to make sure that they have what they need before you do what you need. And so <clears throat> taking that to a human perspective, that's kind of the way I felt the whole time in any role that I've ever had is, you know, I want the people that I'm working with to be able to depend on me, to be able to have what they need from me to the best of my ability. And the work ethic that comes along with being a farm kid is second to none. I, I you know, I wish everybody could experience, you know, that have to, that that drive to to be able to feed your family, to be able to keep up with, you know, with the animals. Um, there's there's very few um, ethics and and just hard work that that I find that that can be that can compare to being raised on a farm. And I really have, you know, put that to what has put me in the position that that I'm in. Uh, to care for others, to be able to invent things to be able to give the effort and the hard work to, to you know push you where you want to be. And and you know you see all these quotes about you know effort and attitude and, and all this stuff. All that is great. And I'm sure that there's people that have made you know fortunes by themselves, you know, strictly by themselves, never had any help. But in my case, the people that I surrounded myself with and the people that I cared for and tried to be treated the way that I wanted to be treated is really what's made this company. You know, without having those people pushing the products and talking about them on job sites, you know, I'm I'm not on these job sites with these guys. And, you know, they're talking about the products and how they make them better. And that's nothing that I'm paying them for or, or you know, nothing that I'm saying, hey, will you go do this? It's it's just, you know, their their thoughts and, and the way that they like the products and, and you know, kind of their bond with me is just a person. So um, if it hadn't been for the people that I work with every day that's on the Alpha Omega team, if it hadn't been for the people that I worked with in the welding community, uh, we wouldn't be sitting here today. It's it's all about, about connections people and working together. I mean, I've said it a million times. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a smart person at all. I just have surrounded myself with people that, that know what they're doing that can help. And I just have that get up and go uh, attitude that kind of pushes things along. Right. That That's great. And one thing, um, one thing that I just thought about when when you mentioned the the quotes and things like that, and being able to to work hard and be be relied upon. Um, and I think you you maybe already answered this in your last statement, but how how do you? Let me see. I'm struggling to, to get the words together. But essentially, I'm I'm trying to ask. 
how do you um, balance taking care of people and, and making sure that you're taking care of yourself to where you're able to take care of those people that that um, depend upon you? So <clears throat> I feel I know this sounds crazy, but I, I feel like that I've been gifted with the ability to turn things off. <laughs> I really enjoy the outdoors. I, I enjoy, you know, being um, hunting, fishing, you know, just just outdoors. So when I when I basically come to the point to where I'm ready to turn off the company and or turn off business in general, mm-hmm. I turn it off. And I know a lot of people have a hard time doing that, but I feel like to be able to put max effort into something, you've got to be able to have that rest period, or I do, um, because if, if I didn't say that I didn't, you know, go, you know, do my outdoor stuff and, and be able to turn it off and laugh and have fun with my kids, and I just constantly kept, you know, kept going, kept going, you eventually burn out, and you eventually start, you know, going backwards, or you're, you're just basically a body in front of a, a screen, or you're not getting the output that you need. So I feel like that you have to, you know, rest your mind, you have to enjoy other things that way that when you come back to your business or, or to whatever you're doing, that you can throw max effort at it instead of just mediocre, you know, I'm here, my body's here, but I'm not really doing anything. And that's just not the way that I, I really operate. When I, when I come in, I want to throw everything that I got at it, go as, as hard as I can. And then when I'm ready to shut down, I'll shut down, recharge the batteries and then go again. That's a great point. Well, I mean, and, and, and that's the way that I, you know, that I feel like that, uh, that the company, you know, it helps the company, it helps the people that I'm working with. Um, and because, you know, once you get yourself to a point where you need to stop and take a rest and you don't, that's when you start messing up. You start getting snappy with your with your you know peers or your the people you're working with, or you you know you you start getting mad and and things just start to, to you know not gel. Uh, it's very important to me to have those breaks, um, and it might just be an hour or two. You know, you you might get something in the morning, come back hit hard. You might do something in the evening, and I juggle that too with my kids. I you know I've I've always said I'll give up everything that I have everything that I've ever worked for, for, you know, for my kids to be able to, uh, to be able to spend time with me. And I, I feel like that that was really pushed at me when I was gone so long in Georgia. I mean, you know, I missed five years of their lives. I would come home on Friday night at midnight and I would leave Sunday at three o'clock and drive the six hours, five hours back down. And I did that for five years. And so Sunday night through Friday, I was gone out of their lives. And yeah. I swore that I would never do that again. I don't care what happened. Yeah. It's so much value of their lives that if nothing's worth that to me. That's a that's a great point. I I, I definitely uh, empathize with empathize or sympathize with you to that point because I I know for myself uh, definitely having that activity or like that group of people that you you either have while you're going through that hard work or and also having a group of people and activities that you can do outside of that work really goes a long way to balance because um, otherwise it's like you can easily drive yourself crazy and just. Um, it's, it's not to say like you're not all there, but I guess it's just when you start snapping at people and things like that, it's kind of your body responding and trying to tell you like, hey, like you need to stop doing what you're doing. We're, we're on empty here. Like we're. Well, I mean, you know, if it, if it hadn't been for the guys that we worked with um, when we were in Georgia, you know, I would have been gone a long time ago. I mean, people like Steve Crumpton, you know, 
just a great mentor. People like Steve Rominger, you know, those guys are, you know, are the ones that made it. They're the ones that, that you know, you got out of bed and come to work because they depended upon, you know, we depended upon each other. We were, you know, a good working machine. And, you know, that's a big thing too. If, if you don't have those style of people in your life, like I said earlier, that you can play off each other's strengths and weaknesses. I mean, you know, that, that's, that's, this, that's the game to be played. Right. People can master everything. Right. right. You're, you're, you know, you're good at what you're good at. And, the, you know, the trick is to grab up people and surround yourself with your weaknesses. And to do that, you got to be able to admit that you have weaknesses. And there's I feel like there's a lot of people that, that struggle or that could become so much more if they would drop that pride and drop that, you know, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Admit that you're not great at everything and surround yourself with people that, that can pick up your slack. And that's where you where you really start shining and succeeding. And that's awesome. Oof. <laughs> Easier said than done. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's um, just even being able to, to have this conversation, it, it's great because I know, like, for me, it's it's been kind of a struggle back and forth because it's 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 good when when you get started on the journey of, um, especially if you want to talk about, like, the mental work, because uh, when you, you do something physical or something you can see, it's much easier to deal with, it's easy to measure, but when you have to kind of, like, go inside your head or be able to um, admit to to another person or be able to open up to another person and be vulnerable for a minute to say, okay, I'm not good at this. I need help. And it doesn't make you less of a person for being, for doing that. It actually helps. It actually allows other people to embrace you and to say, oh, okay, like you're somebody I can work with. Like, so long as you're working with people that, that you like and that like you back, people are always willing to uh, lend a helping hand. And I know for me, at least it, it gets way too easy to try and figure things out on your own. If you just think that like you have to figure it out, otherwise it's not going to work out. But thankfully today it's like you have multi-talented people and you get more done working with somebody else rather than just trying to get to wherever you're getting to on your own and then when you're there you kind of look back and wish you would have brought somebody along with you right that's and that's the only way that that you know that i i have been able to do what i've done and, and the company's been able to do what it has done I, I from the very first meetings with the people that i work with i said i like to invent things i like to you know sell sell to people i like to talk to people i like to push the products i like to be able to talk about the construction industry and what you know what we had going for us and our downfalls and, and where we can make it better that's my strengths mm-hmm. horrible as that emailing people uh, you know taxes uh proofreading stuff marketing material i'm horrible i hate it i would I like you know rather just beat my head in the wall than, than have to sit in front of a computer and do those things and so the people that I work with, um, I have you know have people that, that that's their that's their thing. They they like that. They mm-hmm. they're good at it. They pick up on stuff, and it allows me to do what I'm good at because right. I could sit here for two weeks and look at something proofreading and trying to do you know graphics, and it would suck. <laughs> Doesn't matter how long how much time I spend on it, it's gonna suck because my heart's on it. Right. But they they take over. They do that. It looks good. Same thing for them. You know they're they're not. They've not been in the construction industry, boots on the ground, you know, dealing with that stuff. So put me in front of the guys that we're actually talking to that that are using these products, that, you know, the shipyards, the petrochemicals, the oil industry, 
you know, all these people that are that are using nuclear that are using these products. That's you know, that's where I shine. I'm you know the face of the company and the the people person. Whereas they're doing a lot of the stuff behind the scenes that's really probably more important than what I'm doing. But that's just you know, that's just the the way that we work and and playing to each other's strengths. And right. if I had not have done that, if I would have said, you know, I can do all this on my own or whatever, I, I would have failed a long, long time ago. We wouldn't be having this conversation at all. What, and what, that's the same way that it played at, at the, you know, at the nuclear uh, mm-hmm. unit in Mobile. I can't weld very good. <laughs> not at all. I, you know, I, I can't I'm, either. I'm not great at, uh, at at doing a lot of the stuff that 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 Dan Taylor and White Mill and all those guys are are perfectionists at. Where I come in and I actually had a job and it fit was the paperwork. I could navigate the books, keep the paperwork, and you know, have, you'll have semi positive attitude on those days <laughs> and work with people like that. So you know, if, if we hadn't had that that bond there, it wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have worked either. I mean, so right. It's just getting getting that you know that that gel of having the right people, no matter what you're doing around you, is what makes you successful. Mm-hmm. I don't care how smart Elon is. I don't care right. how smart Bezos is. They can't do it all. They have to. I mean, Elon's probably the smartest smartest man that, that's walking around right now. But he still put people around him. I'm sure. I mean, maybe he yeah. can do it. I don't know. But he, well, I mean, you know, he put people that that knows what they're doing. And made him successful. Exactly. Well, that's the way I feel. That's my opinion. That, that's a great point. And I guess what would you say to someone that's um, kind of just they're not sure which direction to go? They they kind of just feel defeated, especially with the last year, and they're just kind of at their wits end, just trying to make it through the day. For me, I, I've been there a bunch. I mean, this year. I mean, you know, compare myself to, to to other people. I've been there a lot. There's been a lot of days that I've just thrown my hands up and said, we just lost a half a million dollar sale. COVID knocked us out of this sale. I'm done. What you know, I'm done. That 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 cha- that could have changed the trajectory of the company from this to this. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to people. I feel like that the days that I was down and still, I mean, even to this day, the, the days that I just throw my hands and my hat and I'm like, screw it. I, I you know. Is it worth it? Is it is it worth it? Are we ever going to be able to do this? Is it going to take off? We are, you know, this is horrible. I feel like that the people that I work with was like, hey, calm down, take a breath. We've done more in a year and a half than a lot of people's done in five years with the company. Uh, you know, we're having sit, you know, small steps of success in one of the worst economic times in history. Breathe, get your thoughts together, get a plan, and go at it again. And that that's what I that's what I would say to anybody that's that's you know at a at their wits end. Take a minute, step back, breathe. You know, know that know that in six months we'll look back at this, or a year, or two years we'll look back at this and go, damn, how did I make it through it? But I did. And I'm going to be honest, Asher, and this is, you know, without people, without faith, and this is just for me, Mm -hmm. without, without giving it to God, I would have lost my mind. And I have a long way to go spiritually and, and re- you know, with my religion and different things. But for me, if I hadn't have hit my knees and prayed, I don't, I don't think that I would have made it. You know, I, I would have been able to sit here and you know say that we've continued to make these steps. Uh, there's just a point where you put so much on you as a human being that you know you just can't take it anymore. Yeah. And I 
feel like for me, now this is just for me, that, you know, if it hadn't been to finally say, I'm going to, you know, let God handle this, trust in my religion, uh, it would have just been too much to bear. And, and that's just for, you know, that's just for me. Right. So, I mean, for you, what, what did that look like when you, you were trying to, like, what had to change for from you trying to do it all yourself to be like, I've got to put it on God or let God kind of come in here and, and uh, take control? So, going, going back to, to early 2000, like I said, we, we had a tremendous big sale and it, it got shot out. It, mm-hmm. it got shot out. That, you know, I know people deal in a lot bigger deals, but to a startup, you know, that that's a big deal. That's, you know, half a million dollar sale is, is, Wait, is you said two, 2000 or uh, 2020. Yeah. 2020. Okay. 2020. So, so gotcha. February, 2020, sorry. Um, you know, it just, it, that, that was kind of like, you know, just a gut punch. And then you continue to see what happened, the shutdowns, people pushing work back. We're trying to, you know, we just ordered 20,000 units, you know, 20,000 20, units of these products. You know, we, we have that bill. You have to pay, for, you know, pay for that. We're, we're trying to make sales. And everybody's like, if, you know, if COVID hasn't hit, we would be buying. If COVID hasn't hit, we would be buying. You've got this special safety product. It's awesome. It's awesome. And so, you know, you take six months of that and, you know, everybody around is going, well, what, you know, we need sales. We need sales. We need sales. And you're the sales guy, you know, mm-hmm. it just put, it puts so much on that it was almost like, you know, every day I come in and, and you know, look at my emails and, and just be like, you know, why is this not happening? And my business partner said, you know, finally kind of said, hey, man, look at this. You're making contact with all these people, all these people that you would never contact. They would never respond to you if it wasn't for this. There's there's something here. It, it's not all bad. <laughs> and so, you know, realistically, having, you know, having, like I said, the people around you to to kind of calm you down um, was a big part of it, but still, it, it, it was just the burden on me because I felt like this is my company. I have these people believing in me. I have them believing in the story. You know what we went through. Why these products are important, and I just put a lot of pressure on myself. You know, just a, a lot of pressure. Just, just like anybody else, you you put pressure on yourself, right. and it was just to the point that, you know, uh, I can't remember if it was a Facebook post or, I mean, it was something, you know, something crazy like that. That was like, you know, if it wasn't, if it wasn't for giving my problems to God, I, I, it would just stack up and you, you just, you wouldn't be able to function. Mm-hmm. And so now I feel like I come to work, I come positive. I do all that I can. I, I, I give it my best effort, no matter what that is. If it's two hours or 10 hours, I give it all I got. And when I start getting burnt out, I just shut it off and I go enjoy baseball, football with my kids outdoors. And I'll you know say that prayer. And it's, it's just, you know, your faith uh, that it will, it'll eventually happen. And it will. It, it, uh, that's the hardest thing as a human being to me is that trusting that it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, it might not happen in our time. You know, I want it to happen 30 minutes ago. I want to look at all, you know, at my emails and, and see these orders, but it might be two years. It might be three years. I'll be six months. But I feel like that when I've been at my lowest points thinking this is, this is not happening. This is not good. Something will kick off and, right. and something, something new will, will, will sprout out and we go in, in all kinds of different directions. And that's, that's just, you know, my simple story of, I felt like that once I finally let go of 
me trying to control the universe and and you know just it'll happen it'll happen uh, that's that's when i finally got peace of mind and you know just let the company let the company be in the, you know in the lord's hands and that's basically where i'm at i mean i give it my best effort but at the end of the day you know it's it's going to happen when it'll happen right that's a great point. I, I guess just going from um, you're both then and now you're still working hard, but you're not um, you're not carrying on an expectation that if anything's going to happen, it's going to be by you. It's going to be your creation, your your this, your that. It's like you're going to put in all the effort that you can put in, but um, you recognize the fact that you're not in control of every single interaction, every single decision that gets made. But absolutely, things will I mean, shake I, out. You know. You, you you go back and think about it. I you know I wasn't responsible for COVID. I wasn't responsible for that for those sales fall through. I wasn't responsible for work being pushed back. Uh, you know I wasn't responsible for for you know. There's so many things that we can't control. The only thing that we can control is the effort that we put into it, <clears throat> the connections that we make, and the people that we surround ourselves with. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you do those things, all the other stuff will work itself out. Right. Take care of yourself. Take care of the people you work with. Do the best you can, and you know, for us, invent the best we can. Get our patents ready, and when it does break loose, we'll be ready. That's that's the mindset. You, if you're always looking at the negative, what could have been, what should have been, you're screwed from the get go. Just yeah. you know, say a prayer, look to the future, and and do the best that you can. And it'll all fall in place some some shape, form, or fashion. Man, that's awesome. The uh, uh, I guess I, I don't want to keep you t- too long because I, I know you you've got uh, you've got other things to be doing. But um, you just reminded me the like I know it's it's not good to look in the past, but sometimes it, it's helpful to look back at hard times that you overcame and kind of see how you got through those. Because I, I know for myself, um, especially when we were working, there were times when I got just frustrated and I thought I'd go the the um, headstrong method and just be like, okay. I'm going to be here super early. I'm going to go and get all the books. I'm going to make sure everybody's got this, 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 and this. And it's like, it just kept getting worse, worse, and worse. The harder and harder, I kept trying to do everything by myself. But then when I I took a step back and focused on um, making sure that my nutrition was right, my rest was right, I was um, communicating with the right people, working out after work, and then coming to work and getting direction from where I was supposed to get it, like working through one supervisor, and then just doing what was asked of me, but also doing it to the best of my ability and not going home, carrying on about, um, oh, I wonder if this person figured it out, but just kind of letting them pick up, like trust them to go from um, from where we left things and then just seeing it, seeing the changes that happened from basically having engineers working on top of each other, all doing the same project because times were, were tight. We didn't know whether there was a new contract coming in or if the work was going to continue. And then before you know it, new a new company comes into play. You got more work opening up. Everybody has their individual place to be working. They have their their individual project, and it's like, oh, okay, like no more of that stress. No more of the like, is this figuring? Is this working out? Am I doing? Um, am I doing enough? Is my time here worthwhile, or am I just wasting my time? Did I spend all that time, all those years, going to school, staying up late, eating, not eating, like all that time? that I put in was it off or not but like you said just taking it taking it upon yourself to stop taking everything upon yourself is a great is a great way to um, really unpack and put it in God's hands that's right and you know too Asher looking back 
you know, if we didn't have the struggles, you know, if, if we didn't have the, the breakdowns and the hard times, you wouldn't really know what, a, what having it good looks like. Right. You know what I mean, I mean, you know, if you didn't have the 2020s every once in a while, then what you don't appreciate the good. And so, you know, I, I had to tell myself that a lot of times I had to have the people around me tell them, tell me that a lot of times. Um, but you know, there's a reason that we go through those trials and tribulations. Um, and, you know, being able to look back and learn from your mistakes and learn what, you know, what you do. I mean, that's, that's just part of life. But, you know, I, I feel like a lot of times that I keep, and I'm really bad about this, I keep looking to the next day. What's the next day? What's the next week? What's the next month? What's the next year hold for me? And you have to do that as, as a business person. I understand that. But me personally, as a human being, if you don't take each day and enjoy that day, you know, you hear it all the time, you're never promised tomorrow. That's very true. I have a hard time myself not planning, looking forward to the next day or the next week or what's, you know, what's going on. You know, if I had to work on myself and I had to tell, you know, people to work on themselves, enjoy the day. You know, if something goes wrong, you got to deal with it, but enjoy the good things in the end of the day. Uh, you know, I, I had a hard time for a long time going home with my, like you said, my work on my shoulders and being, you know, being a, a uh, mad and stressed parent. <laughs> and, you know, that was that was hard. And I still work on that. I, I still sometimes bring that stuff up. I mean, there was a, a couple of weeks ago, uh, my wife was like, sent me a message and it was like this guy and he, he had a flat tire on the way to work. His his engine uh, started knocking. He gets he gets to work. He smashes his thumb. Uh, you know, his, his buddy takes him home and he's like, Dude, would you like to come in and meet my family? And he walks up to this little tree in the yard. And he starts touching every leaf on the tree and he touches all the leaves on the tree. And the guy's just standing there like, he's lost. So they go in, you know, he, the guy had said much on the way home. He didn't talk, you know, at work, he, you know, he could tell he was mad. He goes home, he picks his kids up, kisses them, smiles, laughing, you know, talking to his family. And the guy walks him back outside this truck and he's like, all right, I got to ask, why did you touch all the leaves on the tree? And he said, when I come home from work, I hang all my problems on that tree from work and from outside. And so I don't take those problems into my family. And so that was big for me because I would carry my problems home with me. Take, you know, be mad, be upset, you know, can't change anything. The kids didn't do anything. They're they're wanting to see their dad. And so that was a big part for me to be able to separate work and family. It took me 36 years to figure that out, but, and I'm still working on it, but that's a big thing too, is, uh, is being able to turn the switch on and off. Take, take, take this hat, the working boss man, you know, work hard, trying to make money hat and set it over here and pick up the, let's go play baseball, you know, play with my kids. Yeah, man, that's great. I'm going to have to try that. I'm going to, I'm going to do that today. I'm not going to try. I'm going to, I'm going to apply that today before uh, I talk to the the next person I talk to just to touch, find a tree. Your, your neighbors will be, you'll be out there touching leaves on trees and be like, all right, he's lost it. He's he's usually lost it. They'll be like, yeah, I I thought there was (laughs) something that wasn't quite right. Uh, man, um, you know, you just pick out what works for you, man. And that's nobody's the same. You know, we could talk all day because, you know, like I said, even things that I do on a daily basis, I fail at all the time. I, 
I just have to remind myself there's a greater cause. You know, it's there's there's other things that, that could be worse. You could have it a lot worse. You know, you just gotta be grateful for what you got and, and enjoy the day, you know, the day-to-day you know, grind. I, mean, I know that's that's so cliche, but you know, true. you know, once you get to a certain point, you know, to where that you feel that you're happy or you know, you're never really happy, but you look back and it's like you know that if I knew what I knew now, you know, it could, would have been so much different. But I mean, that's what makes life life. You know, you know the best thing about life is life. Right. That was quoted from a from Ice Cube. <laughs> 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 I mean, you know, that's seriously the best thing in life is life. Yeah. Live so, I, so I mean, uh, before I let you go, how would you uh, like for people to find you, other companies, other um, um, guests that hear this podcast, listeners, and just all around. Yeah, I mean, you know, from from looking at our our stuff, our website's www.ao-es.com, and my email is Brad at ao-es.com, and you know that's that's been a you know a big thing of mine too. You know, kind of my plan moving forward is there's so many people like me in the world or in you know that have these ideas, but you have no, you have no idea where to start. You know, what do I do with a patent? What do I do with these drugs? How do I get manufactured? What is all this cost? You know, is this something, you know, how do you license products, uh, trademarks? I feel like that obviously there's people that do that, but I, I have, I'm, I never knew one. I never, mm-hmm. never, I never knew one in the construction industry for sure that was, you know, boots on the ground guy. And so that's going to be kind of the next chapter of my life will be put myself out there as, as, you know, not, not for profit, just a mentor to people that, that have ideas that want to, you know, try to patent things, uh, want to try to build a business. You know, I, if I would have had, if I would have had somebody that was in my shoes right now could have talked to me two years ago. It would have helped so much of, 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 you know, I've had to figure things out, trial and error, all this stuff. And um, I, I feel like that, you know, paying it back is a big part of, of karma and, you know, helping other people. And, you know, you, you do the right things, you do the good stuff, rewards will come back to you. And so that, that's just kind of my, my next step uh, is being able to help others do what we're doing and try to give advice to the best of our abilities. Yeah, that sounds like a great plan. <laughs> Yeah. And if I can be of any any help with that, if you want to um, just come on, share your thoughts, record another episode or anything like that, um, just let me know. We'll set it up. Awesome. Man, I, I, you know, going back to you, Asher, I, <laughs> you're meeting so many, like a variety of people. I was watching some of your podcast stuff and I mean, you're, you're really like literally getting exposed to some amazing people and some amazing stories and, you know, to me, the bigger that your network becomes in that, you know, the, the, the more opportunities that you're going to have in whatever direction you want to go in. I mean, I'm a hundred percent believer. It's not what you know, it's who you know. And that's, right. I mean, that's a hundred percent. I mean, I knew nothing about running a business. I still don't know anything about running a business. I, I'm still lost. <laughs> but I have all these people that know how to run a business that's helping me. Right. That's, that's, I'm not afraid to admit it. I, I'm horrible. But I have a lot of people that's with me that, that knows what they're doing, and, and I trust them. Yeah, that's so, a great point. Thank kudos, you, Matt. Kudos to you, man, on, on 
just being able to branch out to all these people in different, you know, different areas and, you know, feelings and emotions and what works for them. I mean, you're, you're getting, you're the one sitting there getting it from everybody. I mean, that's the stuff that you're, you know, you're getting the knowledge that you're getting from, from all these people in different fields is, is amazing. Thank you. Well, I guess on that note, we'll, we'll wrap it up. And yeah, Anything that I can do to help you or, or anybody, just let me know. I mean, I'm, I'm always, uh, always available to help best I can.